Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. I could not wait for today to get here so I could share with you the conclusion of an absolutely fabulous interview that I've been having with Tess Scott. Tess is the author of a book you just have to drop down the show notes and order and get for yourself. because It is absolutely fantastic. Its title is, Listen, Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Life. Today is the conclusion of a great two-part interview, which we started yesterday. Now, we had such a great discussion. She had us literally rolling on the floor laughing at some of her stories. If you missed any, and I mean any, of the prior episode, you definitely need to go back and listen because you'll be missing out on absolute value bomb after value bomb as Tess was sharing some of the stories from her book. And we're going to jump right back now into the conclusion of this interview because I don't want to waste one more minute because I know you'll be blessed with this. Amen. Let's rejoin the interview for the conclusion of Listen, Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Life with Tess Scott. Other than making Brother Bob laugh, what is the mission behind your book and your ministry? Well, I want to encourage women. I think that's my kind of big idea, you know, like the big, broad um, kind of tent of the idea or whatever. Umbrella. Umbrella is better than tent. Yeah. Umbrella of the idea, I guess. Um, I think that there's a big difference between when like years and years and years ago when I was a young mom or young woman. And I mean, I, I talked to all my friends either in person, you know, we hung out or maybe I called them on my rotary dial phone, you know, and I knew their life was imperfect. I mean, I could talk to them. I could hear their kids yelling in the background and I knew their life was chaos too. But now I see that my daughter-in-laws or other young women, a lot of times they connect with each other on social media Mm -hmm. and that's just not real. So if you're seeing a picture that your friend posted, if you think this house this beautiful house with the wreath on the door and the pumpkin on the porch and all that, that that's their life. Like that perfect picture, perfect life. That's not real. You know, friend, if you open that front door and you walk into their house in the living room, their couch is piled up with laundry, just like yours. You know, their, their kitchen has dishes in the sink. Like that's life. And if you have a bunch of kids and your house looks like you have a bunch of kids, good. It should. That's normal. That's normal, right? That's normal. Chaos in life, like just in everyday life is not going to be perfect. It's going to be busy and it's going to be um, schedules and dirty bathrooms and in bedtime stories. And, you know, so if I can write a story about when my kids peed in the Lego box and it makes you feel better because, you know, your kids do silly things too, then, and I can bring some kind of a, you know, humor, but actually a lesson to it and encourage people that God is in the midst of it and he's working. And these days are important days. I think that there's a lot of pressure on women, especially young moms to work outside the home, 
to have like to be be everything. Yeah. And the work that you're doing, if you're a mom, the work that you're doing with your kids is the most important work. Amen. Yeah. The most important. And I just, I want to encourage them. I want to encourage women everywhere, every age, not just, we're all at a different season. Some, some of us are mentoring younger women, you know, some of us are, are the younger women and just encouraging our friends. There's, there's different seasons. And, and I mean, that's biblical. That's what, that's what God says that we're, we're to do. And, and even to be good wives and, Mm -hmm. and all of that, all of those things, praying for each other, encouraging each other, being in the word. Like I tell women everywhere, the most important thing we can do is keep our head full of truth because that is getting harder and harder. Like I'm sure that you would agree with me that 2022, it's difficult to know what's true. Yeah, absolutely. Like in the world, the only thing that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know that is true is God's word. And that is unchanging, unchanging. Thank goodness. So get it in your head, friend, because Times are rough, <laughs> you know, but, but we know this is our anchor. We know what's true. And so we have to just keep that going in our heads all the time. Like knowing what's true, knowing what's true. Yep. Amen. You know, one thing you said a little bit earlier about, you know, your job that, you know, if you weren't at your job to open the doors, everything stopped. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I was the same way, you know, especially with military and, you know, I mean, you know, 6 a.m. at 6 a.m., not 6.01 a.m. type thing. Yeah. And you know, even to this day, I'll tell my wife, we're leaving at 1.15. And sometimes I'll get in the car, start the engine. I'll look at the clock and say, look, what I tell you? 1.15. Exactly, <laughs> <right? laughs> Stuff like that, right? The family hates that. But, uh, but the uh, one story that I just la- had a good laugh at was your hair clip calamity. <laughs> and because it relates to that exact same type of personality. So go ahead and share that with us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I was getting ready for work, same job up early and I, I'm a very organized person. So this is part of my personality, maybe because I'm first born. I'm not sure, but everything has to happen in a certain order, you know, kitchen to the coffee maker, to the bathroom. And I I don't have a minute. I don't have a minute to spare. Okay. Everything has to go to a long schedule and then everything's fine. Yep. If it doesn't. How dare somebody jump in front of the bathroom in front of you? You know, oh yeah, that well, throws everything off. That can't happen. <laughs> you are not on this schedule. Look That's here. Right. Right. Um, so this was a particular day, and I ran in. You know, went to do my hair, came out, grabbed a coffee, came back, could not find my hair clip. So God gave me boys for a reason, and no girls, because I'm terrible at things like hair and I don't know decorating. That side of my brain doesn't work. You know, I'm like numbers, spreadsheets, all that. So I only know how to do things a certain way. So, and that way involves a hair clip that has to hold my hair while I blow dry it. And I do not know how to do it. So I'm like pulling out all the drawers in the, in the bathroom the day before my son has, um, curly red hair, well, like he would be bad if I said red, but kind of strawberry blonde. And, uh, his, um, friend girl at the time was braiding his hair the night before so that in the morning it would be curly right? Like it's like, I, what did I say? It's a, it's a very, um, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. All right. (laughs) It's very (laughs) ambitious and not sustainable strategy. That's what it is. But anyway, that's what she was doing. So I thought right away, 
I know where that clip is, that little brat, it's in the basement. So run down to the basement, look everywhere. It is not there. Run back upstairs. The drawers in the bathroom again, it's got to be here. You know, it's not there. Oh my goodness. And like, I'm just feeling like all hot because like time is ticking. Time is ticking. You got to go test. You got to go. So I go in and I wake him up. Okay. He's not happy. He's a teenager. (laughs) Hayden, where is my hair clip? I don't know. I know you had it. Where is it? I don't know. Oh my goodness. So go back in. It's not in the bathroom. Go through all the drawers again, then go to the hall closet in case he put it there. I don't know if he put it there, go through all those drawers. Then it went in the kitchen. Cause maybe I had it in my hand and I put it in the kitchen. So I'm going through the drawers in the kitchen, the cupboards in the kitchen, you know, the fridge, it could be in the fridge. I do dumb things. I might've pulled out the milk and put the hair clip in. I don't know. It's not there. Go back in, like call my husband at work. Did you say you just check the refrigerator? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I might I do silly things. I might've pulled out the milk and put the hair clip in. I don't know. So then I call my husband at work and yes, he is also a law professional and he does not know where my hair clip is. Also, he does not think that this is an emergency that warranted me calling him at work. And, uh, he was not all that happy about it. I wasn't happy at the time either though, by the way, because I couldn't find my hair clip. So then I went in, woke up my son again. Come on, just tell me where the hair clip is. Mom, I don't know where the hair clip is. Back in. And then I don't know. I just I looked every single place, all the war, all the all the rooms in the house, the bedroom, like everywhere. Finally went back in the bathroom and thought, okay, well, I have like zero time now. I have to salvage something, put my hair in a ponytail. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Looked in the mirror. And there was my hair clip in my hair the entire time, the entire time it was right there. Oh, Uh, I've done that with my glasses before. Yes. And were they on your head? I can't see without my glasses. And I I did put them up there for some reason. Like right now, everything's blurry. And then I'm like, where's my glasses? I can't find my glasses. And my wife's like, they're on your head. Oh, yes. Oh. Okay. You didn't see that. No. no. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been talking on your cell phone and then they ask you something and you say, just a second, I'm going to look on my phone and you can't find yeah. your phone, but you're talking yeah. on your yeah. phone. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, one of my favorite foods is lasagna and you have a pretty good memory in your book about cooking lasagna. Share that with us. Yeah. That, okay. That wasn't my fault. I just want to say right now in my defense that, so, yeah. So my sons were all over. It was, I forget if it was Easter or Thanksgiving, I think it must've been Easter. And because we have a blended family, so our kids have other parents and other families, and we don't usually have traditional meals. So we wouldn't have a turkey or a ham or whatever. We, we had lasagna just to, just to be different. And oh, was it different? So we were all standing around in the kitchen and actually the boys because they're mostly grown up. My youngest one is now going to be 19 soon. So they're all older. And this is the best age. If anyone asked you the best age for parenting, 23, it's the best age for parenting. I love my kids when they're older. And, um, and so we're all standing around and they're telling stories of things I did not know happened. Okay. This is what's coming back now. All the stories. Remember the time when we tied Cam to the tree? What? Yeah. All those things I'm learning every time we get together. So that's what's happening. We're standing around. And then my old son said, uh, hey, there's a, there's a fire in the oven. Then he says it so nonchalant, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's warm outside. There's a fire in the oven. I'm like, <laughs> what? I look, there's flames, like flames in the oven. So, and so, it's, you know, somebody pulled it out, obviously, and blew it out. And it, we didn't have to call the fire department, which has happened on occasion. But anyway, <laughs> for the same kind of thing. 
but he pulled it out and there was all like plastic melting down, like little um, trickling down from all the, the rack in the oven. So eventually I figured out what had happened. They sell, I don't know if they have them in your country, but in my country, they sell these reusable tin foil pans for lasagna and cake and stuff, but they come with a plastic lid. Yep. Why? I don't know. But even more surprising is that instead of throwing the plastic lid out, what that would have been smart. No, no. I put it underneath the pan and then I covered the whole thing in tin foil for the freezer and froze it. So when I pulled it out, I took the tin foil off, but I didn't notice that the, you know, I just cut the tin foil off the top. I didn't notice that there was plastic on the bottom and, um, yeah, I just put it in the oven. And then when it got to be 400 degrees, apparently it melted all that plastic down, all on, down from the racks, dripping down the bottom of the oven on the element on fire. Oh, it was a glorious mess. Yeah. <laughs> How was the lasagna? The lasagna was good, actually. <laughs> we still ate it because there was no other choice. You know? When we get together with our kids and grandkids now, there's 23 people. So yeah. that's a, that's, you don't just order pizza. No, it's yeah. a big, it's a big celebration no matter what. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not that far out. Cause I only had two daughters. See? Yeah. So, but we're at, when our family gets together, it's 17 or 18, depending nice. on whether or not the one that's not married brings a boyfriend or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best not, not time. The girl, the, but the grandkids, I'm talking about grandkids. There's a yeah. grandkid, you know, and whether, well, none of the grandkids are married. Thank God. But, uh, you know, they bring the girlfriends over yeah. or, or boyfriends or whatever. And one is too young yet. So whether or not she brings a friend over. Yeah. Not, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I think it was last Christmas when we finally, well, no, cause one of my, girls their family had covid last year for christmas so it must have been uh new year's yeah maybe new year's we got together and uh i was sitting there looking at it and i said wow i told my wife i says all this started with just you me yeah. <laughs> you know? i said wow that's you know, when you look at it like that it's like you know all right this is all this is cool you know yeah but we are so I, I tell blessed my wife, yeah i tell my wife all the time i am so glad that our grandkids are growing yeah. Because they can't, you know, the kids are like, Dad, can you watch the kids while we go? You know, yeah. all that is done. Yeah. No more. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I tell them, don't if your kids have kids, don't even think that great grandpa is gonna take care of them because it is not gonna happen. <laughs> you know? so. I just want to be the fun Grammy. So I'm the Grammy with a heart above the eye. And uh, uh and we have nine grandkids right now. And I just love having I love having them one at a time. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't love having like, like the, right now we have three families of three. That's, that's our kids that so far have kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't really want to take three kids at once that are brother and sister because they probably don't like each other and they're going to fight at my house. And I did yep. that already. Right. I've already yeah. lived through that sibling yeah. rivalry thing. Yep. Um, yep. So I just want to be the fun Grammy. So have one kid come, we play games all night. We do all kinds of fun stuff, you know, they swim in the pool and whatever, and they feel really special yep. because they're the yep. only one. So that's what I want to be. I want the, I want to be like the hero Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, yeah. everyone said I spoiled my grandkids and I said, no, I am blessing them. Yeah. You know? And I, I taught them from when they were just, you know, toddlers that Papa blesses you. 
you know, I'm blessing. You are not spoiled. You are blessed. Right. Nice. And I remember one time I took uh, the two young, well, they're, they're two oldest now, Zoe and Christopher took them with me to the grocery store and Christopher is probably four and Zoe was two, had them in the little cart. You know how you put them in a cart while you push yeah. and stuff. And we got up and, you know, so you want some candy? And I put the candy up on the belt for the cashier to ring up. And she says, does your grandpa spoil you? And both of them simultaneously in stereo swung their heads around and said, we're not spoiled. We're blessed. Oh, I love that. Yes. I love that. I love that. I wish I was on video because it's just, uh, you couldn't have practiced it. I mean, simultaneously, both heads swung around and they said in unison, in stereo, yeah. we're not spoiled. We're blessed. I love that. <laughs> That's what I knew it that. took. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But this brings back great memories. So yeah. what was the, as you're writing this book, what was the hardest thing that's happened to you? And what did you learn from it? Mm, while I was writing? In life? Yeah. Or? Oh, in life. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, the hardest thing. The hardest thing was that after I came back to the Lord and, you know, I thought everything was going along tickety-boo and um, life was good. (laughs) I'm studying the Bible and I'm, you know, going to church and small group. And I think that I think everything's going to be good now because like my past is a freak show. I've made so many mistakes and so many bad choices and hurt so many people. And finally, I'm on the right path. And I honestly thought that everything was going to be easier. Not that I can find where that's promised anywhere because it's not, (laughs) but in my mind, I thought that and maybe subconsciously. And then my husband came to me and said that, you know, he was leaving. He, he wasn't happy. He wasn't, he didn't love me and it was over. And man, I was just, you can imagine I was devastated and I didn't want to be divorced again. I didn't want to be a single mom again. And, uh, there's some shame still in the church, uh, you know, surrounding that. And, uh, yeah, it was awful. That was the hardest thing I think in my whole life that has ever happened. But what I learned from it is that that time of, I mean, I begged God that it wouldn't happen by the way, like, you know, yeah. in the green carpet of my bedroom on my knees, just begging God. And, and yet he allowed it to happen. And, um, but I, I appreciate that time now. I'm thankful. I don't ever want to go through it again. And I don't want anyone else to get, don't, don't uh, hear that, but, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful for it because that time brought me so close to God because I needed him to help me breathe. Like yeah. there was, there was no doubt. There was nothing I could do on my own. Mm-hmm. And I, that's precious time. You know, yeah. um, I wouldn't want to ever be without that now. I wouldn't want to have not gone through it again. I don't want to do it again, but, but I do, I do. I am thankful for that time. And, and then, you know, then we got divorced, which was another, like, I just kept holding on every day, like, Lord, please change his mind, change his heart that, you know, this won't happen. But then a year later we got divorced, like permanently divorced, permanently divorced. And, um, Again, another barrier of like, Lord, I know you can do this. I know you can reconcile our marriage. I know you can. I just don't know if you're going to, yeah. right? I didn't doubt God's power. I just doubted whether he wanted to do it. Maybe it wasn't best for me, you know? And I had to come to grips with that over time, over years. Like, okay, well, 
maybe it wasn't best for me because if I look back at my track record, I'm really not good at knowing what's best for me. (laughs) So, um, but after we were divorced for three years, God reconciled our relationship. We dated and we got remarried after three years of being divorced. So part four, four years. So, I mean, that's amazing. And, And look at how faithful God was through all that time. You know, I always knew he was, I never doubted he wouldn't, that he would be faithful, but I didn't know what that would look like. And it's not always best. It's not always best, but it was, and I'm so, so thankful. So Rick came back, we got married on September 9th of 2016. And then on September 30th of that year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, Mm. like three weeks later. Yeah. And again, like, what? Like, how can this be right? Like, are you kidding me? I just think that everything's great. And I think everything's easy. And we're going to have this great married life. And bam, like what? Um, So I was not happy. I was not praising God for that diagnosis. But, and I thought this is the worst timing. This is the worst timing that could possibly happen to me. But again, in hindsight, and not at that moment, in hindsight, I can say that was the best timing. Because if, I mean, if ever there's a good timing for cancer, but I can say like, if I would have got cancer and then Rick would have contacted me and said, Hey, I hear you're sick. I want to come back. I would have been like, ah, no, that is not going to happen, buddy. Back off. You know, I wouldn't have trusted him, but because he all, we already had that relationship restored. We were working on it for months. We, you know, we talked, we didn't live together till we got married again. We, Um, we went to counseling, like we worked through so much hard stuff in those nine months. Then when, when that happened, I already knew he loved me and that gave him the opportunity to take care of me because I was vulnerable. I mean, I couldn't take care of myself and it gave the opportunity for my kids to watch him take care of me and to, and to know and trust that he loves mom. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. here for this. He's in for this. Amen. And it was still really hard. Like oh, it, it was a really difficult journey because um, like just emotionally, I felt bad for him. I felt bad for myself. Like, you know, I had some big pity parties, you know, invited people and everything. Nobody would come, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause it's a pity party, but, and I was feeling all sorry for myself. And then I felt sorry for him because I thought, you didn't know when you married me that I'm going to have a mastectomy. You didn't know when you married me, I was going to have no hair. I mean, I had chemo. Yeah. You know, you didn't know that your wife's going to be gimpy, you know, and all this stuff. And uh, you're going to have to take care of her. And, and, uh, and this is what my husband said to me. He said, no, I didn't know any of those things, but this is what I knew. I knew we're going to grow old together. Mm. And one of us is most likely at some time going to have to take care of the other person. That's what I know. And I know I love you and I'm in it for the long haul, you know? So that's what, that was a gift that God allowed a gift for me to see that and to really be able to really trust that he loved me and that he's in this. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What does your sons and your husband have to say about the reminiscing so publicly about some of their, let's say, misadventures that you document in your book? 
Yeah. Well, well, my husband, he's really happy about it. Yeah. He always, he's very encouraging to me. He loves everything I write. My boys are all boys. So um, the chance that they're going to actually read my book is probably pretty (laughs) slim. And that's what I'm banking on their wives. Their wives have read it, but um, the boys, yeah, they all have copies of my book, but none of them have mentioned anything I've written. So I'm not too worried about it. (laughs) <laughs> hey, man, Tess, this is all so good how can someone get a copy of your book listen sister finding hope in the freak show of life is it available on amazon it's available amazon it's available barnes and noble kohl's indigo i saw it on walmart.com pretty much anywhere you can just google it and uh support a christian bookstore near you if you can find one that's they're hard to find up here i don't know in in the mm. states but it's hard to find a christian bookstore but they're at every bookstore so you can um, you can get it on ebook, you can get it paperback, and yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I have a website if you want to go to that it's at tessscott.com, and there you can find me on social, Instagram, Facebook, all of those things. And I also do some speaking uh, for ladies' events and come and encourage women. Bring my freak show to you. I always say. <laughs> so if they want to get in touch with you and ask a question, maybe do an interview like this. They yeah. just go to the website. Is that what you want? Yeah, there's a contact form right there. So I'd love I'd love to hear from you. Just let me know what's going on in your life and I can pray for you. And yeah. Maybe put it in a future book. No. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm working on the next book. It's called um it's called Hey Girlfriend, put your money where your mouth is. I think. Mm. I think that's what it's gonna be called because I'm finding that when I talk about something, then immediately I have to prove that it's true, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when's that in a funny way it's all it'll all be funny but yeah when's <laughs> that going to be released i don't know maybe next year i'm just starting amen. to work on it yeah amen. Amen. i have to come back on we'll talk about that one too yeah amen. yeah amen. i hope so so i'll put links to all this down the show show notes below folks i cannot emphasize enough the importance of you ordering your own copy of tess scott's book listen sister finding hope in the freak show of life this book really is medicine for your soul. Proverbs 17, 22 says a merry heart does good like a medicine. It's, mm-hmm. it's been proven by scientific research that laughter decreases stress, increases immunity and infection fighting antibodies. And, and, and this time of COVID and turmoil in the world, you need a good laugh to fight that stuff off. And Tess Scott's book will help you do just that. Wouldn't be great if just ordering her book, Listen Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Life is is what protected you from COVID? Praise God. Remember, all things are possible with God, and God does work in mysterious ways, Scripture says. So who's to say? Amen. So drop down the show notes, click the link right there, order your copy today. In fact, order two, three, or more copies. Brighten up somebody else's day too, praise God. Tess, thank you for taking the time to come on the program and join us today. I really enjoyed our time together. It was great. Thanks for having me on. You're so much fun. Amen. Well, appreciate that. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Tess Scott and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you again, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.